Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGG Cast. Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your Geek News Roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week, as always, is my co-host, Hector. Hello. This week on the show, it's time for part two of our Summer Games Festival coverage. There is a ton of announcements that we cannot wait to discuss. Before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. Uh, a special Day of the Devs episode is going to be up on our patron uh, at time that we actually post this. Um, so if you want to hear us talk about a lot of indie titles that were shown over the course of the week, um, you know, donate a dollar and you can hear those episodes. It's mm-hmm. great. Uh, and we will be recording our episode about The Expanse uh, pretty soon. And so with all that out of the way, it is time for The Prelude. Prelude. Hey everyone, this is The Prelude. This is what we've been up to this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time, and what has been making us happy. Hector, what do you got for me this week? Uh, let's see. I've got uh, not too much. I, you know, started a new job and I've been mostly busy, been busy doing that. Yeah. It's been good, um, if anyone wants to know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, let's see. So this week, while I was catching back up on things that make me happy, I decided to tackle a lot of my backlog. Okay. So, um, as you know, last week I finished off the Righteous Gemstones. That was great. That's what I binged. Ah. We were just talking about, I know I binged something this weekend. It's the fucking Righteous Gemstones. The Righteous Gemstones. Yes. I think that's a weakness of that show is because it, it, it's, it's incredibly unique. So it's easy to forget that it's a TV show that you watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that was a great show. Um, this week... I started watching Barry again. Mm-hmm. I picked up right where I left off because the third season actually just ended this week. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I went ahead and binged the rest of the season. It was amazing. I'll remind everybody that there is an episode of Barry that might be my favorite episode of any television show ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an incredible show from start to finish. Always has been. Always interesting characters. Mm-hmm. Always an emotionally impactful and resonant show and, and, and smartly written and just very, very funny a lot of the time, even though it can lean a little dark. It's always very funny. Um, yeah, and it's on HBO Max, so you should definitely watch it. Someone made this comparison, and I maybe wouldn't have made it because I don't have these kind of guts, but someone said this show deserves the kind of audience and accolades and, like, weekly, um, talk that Breaking Bad got back in the day, and I, and I absolutely don't disagree. Mm. Um, this show is that good that much of the time so yeah. yeah and it's only half hour episode so it's easy to it's easy to watch i think it's first on my list as i i also have been going through my backlog as yeah. well so what else you got uh well let's see um, in between the the heavy heavy tv because once i finished barry i started uh raised by wolves season two so Ooh. i'm trying to get through that that's another yeah. heavy one in between those things i've been watching forged in fire okay. just for you know some good you know fall asleep tv and nice. it's great you know Forged in Fire is a competition where people make blades um, based on what the judges want. They'll, you know, make one of their own and then they'll make one, uh, you know, go away to their home forge and make one that the judges want them to make. And they have like a week and they test them, mm-hmm. you know, they test their strength and their sharpness and mm-hmm. their, you know, stuff like that. It's fun. It's easy to watch. I love watching it's people Netflix, work right? metal. It's on Netflix right now. It's on Hulu. The one okay. at yeah. least I've been watching it on Hulu. It could very possibly be on both. It might yeah. be one of those. But um, it's great. It, it, it's good um, entertainment, and it will kill. <laughs> um, other than that, I've been playing a lot of Deep Rock Galactic. Haven't really gotten into too many games lately, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, the old standby is good. Rock and well, Stone. We spent Brothers. all week watching games. Yes, we did. We spent all weekend watching games. <laughs> Uh, over on my side of the world, I watched the season two of The Righteous Gemstones, one of the best TV shows on TV right now. 
Oh yeah. Second season far surpasses the first one in my opinion. Um, and the first season was pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. Um, so other than that, uh, my comfort food show, uh, is, is MasterChef. It's, it's, yeah, a comfort, it's a comfort food show for me. MasterChef and MasterChef Junior just like, I think Junior just wrapped up its season and MasterChef just started. Um, and so that's just always a good, like throw it on in the background. I need to veg out and not think about anything. Um, that uh, it's, it's filling the space that normally coming home and just binging YouTube is. I feel like I've reached the end of YouTube for a little bit. I got to let YouTube catch up. Um, so now that's one of the reasons I'm going into my back catalog right now. Um, so yeah, MasterChef, always fantastic. What I have been doing is a lot of YouTubers that I really appreciate have been uh, putting out videos about a game called Disco Elysium. Mm. Disco Elysium, I want to say it was made by a Polish developer. I cannot remember. Please do not quote me on that one. Um, but not an American developer. And Disco Elysium is a very unique game. Disco Elysium is a game where you play a detective who wakes up and has forgotten who he is. Um, and he is at a place in this kind of, I don't know how to put it. It's this post-apocalyptic ghetto. Mm -hmm. And another detective shows up and is just like, hey, you're the detective from this precinct. We're supposed to be going and like solving this murder. And you're like, okay. So look, this is really vague and I, I have to kind of keep it intentionally vague. One of the most important things about Disco Elysium is its character system. Um, it is a traditional role-playing system like a, a tabletop RPG. You roll your character. Basically, you start off, you're given five stats, you're given like six points, to or sorry, four stats. You're given like eight points to distribute between these. And it's like wisdom, intelligence, um, agility, and strength is okay. what I would say the four are. And pretty self-explanatory, right? Mm -hmm. And the more points you put into this, that takes you to the... This is if you want to custom create a character. They have custom uh, classes you can just pick from at the beginning. I'm not that bro. I always... <laughs> I will always... I'll do it myself, thanks. Always roll my own character. You're, you're, you're Ron Swanson in the Home Depot. I know more. Yeah, exactly. So I, I put up my stats. If you, if you know me, I know that you, you probably know that I put it into like wisdom, intelligence, and then like only a couple points into strength and dex. And then I like went hard into like charisma stats. Um, so after you get that, you get another option. They bring you to another screen and you get to pick one card from this like list of 50. And it's like, this is your specialty skill. Choose wisely. And I'm like, okay. So I spent probably a good 10 minutes just reading all these and like how they affect your shit. Cause these aren't minor things. This is like, this will take your intelligence from a, a four to an eight. Mm. Right. So like you got to pick carefully. And so yeah. I, I picked one that revolved around, uh, social things because okay. that's, that's how I like to roll characters. I like to roll charismatic mm -hmm. social characters. And in this game, everything that is, that happens is determined by a throw of the dice and it is all done with a complete randomizer um, some of these things you can go back to if you misdo something once mm -hmm. you can go back and, and redo it. Those are called, um, I think they're called like white selections, which is the color of the text. Uh, and then there's red selections that the game will warn you about. Like you will only be able to roll for this thing once. And if you fail, you fail. The thing about it is in Disco Elysium, failing is often more entertaining than succeeding. Oh yeah. It's a game that really revolves around the fact you're probably going to miss most of your roles. Okay. And so when you miss them, it's not like, oh no, you didn't pick that lock. Like really dumb shit happens. Okay. Right. So, so it's not game over so much as like, no. and then. Yeah. It, it's, and then mm -hmm. every single time it's, and then, mm -hmm. um, and so like, 
I haven't even been to the murder scene. Now, I've only played for about four hours. Mm -hmm. But understand, this murder scene is probably like two screens away from the intro of the game. Oh, wow. I walked outside, and I immediately started spending my time talking to the people in the world. Okay. Because the world is in ruins. There's fuck the cops spray painted all over the walls. Um, You are a not-liked person. Yeah. Um, And... You're trying to get your memory. So one of the things I don't really want to spoil the game, but it's literally in the intro. The game is talking to you throughout the course of you playing. it. Mm -hmm. There are voices in your head that represent different aspects of you. Okay. So at some point you will go and look at a tree and you'll be like, oh, that's a pretty tree. And then like a purple name will come up and it'll say like dark conscience. I bet this is where somebody was hung from or left leg. We should probably get a move on. Like it's weird, man. Mm. Like I trying to describe disco Elysium is so difficult. And that's why there are so many YouTube videos about it because this is a game that is built on narrative and it's built on narrative the way that like, um, Oh, what was that old game? Like Planescape Torment okay, yeah. is based on it, mm-hmm. right? This is a game that has scripts that are bigger than most scripts that actually exist for anything. Mm-hmm. And I have the, I got the director's cut of it. So everything's voiced. Yeah. I'm, I'm playing it on the switch, um, which is okay. Uh, it gets a little laggy at times, but it's me playing it on my couch. So I concession. Yeah. Um, I need to try and see if I can turn off the touchscreen controls. Cause right now the touchscreen tr- controls are on by default and that's how you like interact with items in the world. Oh, it's awkward. I fucking hate that. Yeah. Um, but it's on PC. It's on, it's almost, it's mm-hmm. on every console right now. Yep. That's one of the ones I've been, I, I've, I've wanted to play it. It's been on my list forever. And when I pre-ordered my Steam Deck, I was like, that's how I'm going to do that's it. That's how you want to do it. Yeah. Do it on the Steam Deck. Like, mm-hmm. do it on your couch. Put something mindless on in the background. Like, I've had MasterChef, something I don't have to pay attention to. Yeah. And I am and I found, this is how good it is, is that when I do AD, ADD brain kicks mm-hmm. in, and I'm, like, watching something and playing a game, usually I'm kind of, if I'm lucky, about 50-50 on both. At some point, I miss an entire episode of MasterChef. Oh, yeah. Because I was just, like, that into what was going on. Like the entire, there's an entire storyline at the very beginning about the fact that you lost your badge and gun and how like, in this particular fucked up dystopian world, that's like the most fucked up thing that can happen to you. Mm. And you have to decide when you have conversations with people like your Lieutenant, do you tell him you lost your badge and gun? Yeah. And like every decision feels heavy and, and it doesn't have a timer on, on you saying what you say. It wants you to feel the fact. Wants you to fucking think about it. It wants you to think about every single fucking thing that you do in this game. Uh, and like that's I, cool. I walked out from the main area, which I spent probably about a good hour into talking to everybody and learning the environment just in that first area, which is very small, by the way. It is a tiny space. Mm-hmm. Walked out. It said, "Where was the detective with me?" He's like, "Hey, we're supposed to go north to take care of this uh, this crime," and I immediately said, "I'm going south," and started going south. And there was a group of protesters outside of a um, harbor and the harbor they're protesting because they want to go to work and they're not being allowed to go in and work and you get to through interactions learn about the protesters learn about the people guarding the doors of the protest there is a person who for lack of a better term here is a white supremacist that is guarding the door okay and one of the ways to get past him is to try and figure out how to negotiate with somebody who is so embedded in their beliefs that they are just they, they believe that they are infallible. Gotcha. And one of the things the game tells you is that after you have a discourse with him where he basically says, like, our race is a superior race. He doesn't use white because they, uh, they're this is a fantasy world. Right. But 
you know what it is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, basically like our race is a superior race. One of the game things the, the game tells you, cause there's a, the, the game moves in time mm-hmm. as you do dialogue in the game, the time of day moves. Okay. And it, you can only do certain things at certain points in the day. Like you can only really take certain actions after 2,100 hours because that's when you're off the clock. Gotcha. Right. Okay. So one of the things the game tells you after you deal with this racist is you can take the time to think about what he said and come back and either agree or debate him later. It doesn't give you the option right there, like most games. It doesn't give you the option outright. It tells you that your character has to sit with these thoughts in his head for a while and really consider them before he can go back and speak with this person again. Uh, Almost feels like, uh, uh, this is going to sound so fucking pretentious, but like a a D&D campaign for your brain. It is. Yeah, it, it sounds fucking awesome. And yeah, I've, 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 again, it's been on my radar forever. It made a bunch of people's Game of the Year list when mm-hmm. it came out. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to play that. Yeah, so Disco Elysium, please, please, please go pick it up. Again, I'm only a few hours in. I can't wait to play more. It's, it's so fantastic. That is everything that we have for the prelude this week. We have so many games to talk about when we come back in the weekly raid for Summer Game Fest. The weekly raid. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is the weekly Radar News Roundup for the week. We are in Summer Game Fest. All we're going to be talking about is Summer Game Fest. There is no boss room. There is only Zool. It is only Summer Game Fest. Specifically, what we are going to be talking about uh, today is the Microsoft Xbox Bethesda Game Showcase. God, can that name get any longer? <laughs> it, was long, it was a long showcase. It was a long showcase. There are so many things for us to talk about. We're just going to jump in. It opened. Started with Arcane Austin. Redfall. Redfall. Vampire. Left for Dead. Dead. Yeah. I, I mean, b- pump it right into my face. Arcane, I'm glad what you're making. I've heard... I'm glad your studio takes care of y'all. Yeah, absolutely. Did you know at Arcane, they have mandatory weeks where they're not allowed to take meetings? Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. I love that. They, they say, like, you guys just want to work on your work? This is a meeting-free week. Yeah. We're leaving d- you alone. Literally just, yeah, just do your 40 hours at, you know, just, just plugging away. Yeah. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, th- this game looks awesome. Um, I'm really, I've heard a little bit of Michigas about how this may not have been the game some people wanted from Arcane. Sure. Everyone wants Prey 2. Sure. You know, uh, you know, because Prey was a masterpiece. Everyone wants more Dishonored. Sure. I, I agree. I get it. Everyone wants more immersive Sims. They're kind of the only name but in you know the what game else I right want now. Is fucking Left for Dead. Yeah, Back for Blood didn't do yep, it. Yep. And so me, selfishly, I will say that this is kind of exactly what I wanted. I wanted someone who was going to be good to take a crack at this formula. Yeah. And it looks like just based on what I saw that they, 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 they really get it. Unlike that last game that came out that tried to be Left 4 Dead. Back right. for Blood, that right. did so, not so do So let well. me tell you why I'm excited for Redfall and wasn't excited for Left 4 Dead. And it comes down to one simple thing. Mm-hmm. Characters. Yeah. When you watch the trailers for Left 4 Dead or you watch the trailer for Redfall, you know who those characters are yep. when you see them on screen. They act a certain way. They talk a certain way. They have like personality quirks. Yep. They introduce the characters as if they were characters like they did in Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. In Back 4 Blood, it was just like, you're four generic people yeah. and go kill some zombies because Left 4 Dead. Yeah, the art was the only personality any of the characters had. They had yeah. a generic old man voice, a generic young man voice. A they were like, hey, remember Bill? Voice. We basically put Bill in this. Yeah, look at this guy in a flannel farmer's shirt and a hat that looks like he just stepped out of a John Deere tractor. Right. Look at this lady who's dressed like 
a lady who also happens to be black. Look at this, right. you know, guy but, who seems like he was in a band once. Like, but come what, on. what, what Redfall does, the icing on the cake, the thing that really gets me just turned on to it, aside from the fact the characters are great, and of course shit with vampires really does it for me, but... Yep. This is the group that brought us things like Prey. This is the group that brought us things like Dishonored. Yeah. Every character in Redfall has special abilities. Yeah, they do. They have interesting special abilities, like stuff you wouldn't think about. But because it's a vampire game, right? It's not just right. zombies. It's not just dynamite sticks and shotguns. It, you know, some people have some magic powers and shit, and yeah. that's dope. And I love that your character choice matters more than just your personality. And yes. Like, whatever does. guns you find. These I like I think that. there's, a, like, a character progression system in it as well. You yep. can, like, actually upgrade your powers and shit like that. Right, and it'll mean that which characters you pick matter going in, which is cool. Yeah. Everything about this, put it in my face. Yeah, yeah, I want it. I want it bad. I want it right now. And it's going to be coming out on uh, Game Pass Day 1. Yep, Game Pass Day 1. So, yeah, the, the, the game, we have a lot of Game Pass Day 1 news today, A lot today, of this is, y'all. yeah. All right, uh, you can speak to this next one more than me because I only played a little bit of the original. Okay, so um, for anyone who's a fan of the Metroidvania genre, you should know about the game Hollow Knight. Mm -hmm. uh, Hollow Knight is an absolute masterclass of the genre. I begrudgingly would place it even above my favorite, uh, Ori and the Blind, the, the Ori series, both mm -hmm. of those. Absolutely fantastic Metroidvania games, some of my favorites, probably my favorites, though I would definitely definitely admit not the best because only because hollow knight is the best this is one of the if, if you were gonna take everything about a souls game that isn't like a mechanic or an actual thing if you were gonna take the atmosphere and the world building of a souls game and mm -hmm. place it into a metroidvania that's what this would be right it is endlessly interesting it is all show don't tell um, I mean, no one even speaks a word in, in the game. Every Everything yet, is text and weird little and animal grumbles. the animation is done in such a way that oh, you feel yeah. moved by these villagers yeah. that you meet. Yeah, absolutely. And they're all insects. And I hate insects. Mm -hmm. And I felt things for some of these creatures. Mm -hmm. So that's Hollow Knight. You should know about Hollow Knight. If you don't, now you know. If you haven't played it, play it. I'm not saying you have to beat it. It has a large amount of content. Mm -hmm. Playing the normal game and beating the normal game is fine, but it has years of DLC under its belt. That was all free, by the way. Mm -hmm. And all anyone has wanted to know is when Team Cherry's next game is coming out and why it isn't Hollow Knight 2. <laughs> so, about a hundred thousand years ago, they announced what their next game would be, and it was Hollow Knight Silk Song. Mm -hmm. That was based off of another character in the game, a fan favorite character. <laughs> this is basically going from Richter to Alucard. Mm -hmm. Like this is what like that's what people think this is going to be like. Wow. And when I saw the gameplay and realized how different it was, but how the same the game was and how beautiful everything looked, I was like, oh, my yeah. God. So what we got was a trailer, another trailer for Silk Song. In a showcase where they said all of these games come out in the next 12 months. So I see this trailer and I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. They're going to announce the release date. They're going to announce the release date. And I pounded on the table a little bit. You might not be able to hear that because we have great audio quality. <laughs> but yeah, if we were going to get a release date, I saw the whole trailer. I teared up a little bit. It was awesome. I can't wait for the game. And then it just said that it was coming to Game Pass and the trailer ended and there yep. was no release date. They promised all the games would be out in 12 months. So I hope that's true. But mm. 
Yeah, Silk Song. I'm, I'm done talking about it. Yeah, I, that's I, fine. I, I, I love quick, it. And I'm, I, I'm hurt. I do want to put a pause in here because I did watch a showcase before uh, we decided to record the podcast. Square Enix did their showcase for the Final oh, Fantasy yeah. Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Big takeaways from the Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary. Um, not this winter, but next winter is when we get part two of Final Fantasy VII, uh, the remake. And so the, the winter 2023. Yes. Okay. Is when, we're, when we get part two. Okay. And they said definitively it will be a three part. It will be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. So there won't be 15 Final Fantasy seven remake episodes. We okay. are just doing three putting the kibosh in that. But yeah. the most important information to come out of this. And for those of you who are on our Patreon and have listened to our Final Fantasy seven episode, you will understand how the, important this is to me. They showed a remake for Crisis Core. Yeah. <laughs> I will like, not, if you haven't listened to our Patreon episode about that, I go on a very big tirade because Crisis Core was a PlayStation portable game. It is literally if you look up this game and people playing it on YouTube, all you will see is people crying over the last 15 minutes of this game. That's all it is. It's just people beating the game and just crying. Like that's how powerful <laughs> this game was. And it was a fucking PSP game. Yep. And in fact, and, and I would talk in the episode that I said, I'm worried this is a game that's going to be lost to time if they don't remake it or re-release it because the only way that you could get it was on the PSP. Well, now we're getting a remake. I'm very happy. That's all I wanted to say about that part. Yep. So, yeah, I, I mean, Final Fantasy VII was the most anticipated remake anyone had mm-hmm. um, left to think about in Final Fantasy. And I think now that we have it, I think the next most anticipated one was Crisis Core. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I can't think of anything else. Uh, maybe, I mean, uh, is anyone asking for a tactics remake? People really like that game. But it's, I mean, it's what good would you, how it is. Yeah, you just make make part two. And, and yeah, make, it make, like, make a sequel to Final Fantasy Tactics, yeah, please. Yeah, and then, like, don't call it Triangle Strategy, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? People are eating your lunch, Square Enix, in <laughs> right. this category. But anyway, yeah, I feel like this is probably the most next wanted remake. Yeah. So I'm glad it's happening. Yes. Did they say it's coming, like, straight to PlayStation? Did they say uh, when? They didn't say anything about it, where it's coming. Um, they did say that it's going to be, like, this winter, though. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah right on. So, I mean, it's not, like it's a, it's not a big game. It's not right. very long, so... All right, so back to the Xbox showcase, the Microsoft showcase. Um, they showed a game called High on Life. It's a first-person shooter. All the creative minds behind Rick and Morty are doing yeah. it. Yeah, it's Justin Rowland, if he's doing, like, and, and this is a guy that already has a few games under his belt, and they're all weird. They're not like Kojima weird. They're like Justin Roiland weird, which if you watch Rick and Morty, you get it. So like um, the premise in this one is like your guns talk to you, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the funny thing is it feels like someone gave Justin Rowland a lot of money because the graphics looked good, like almost AAA good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, everyone's guns was talking to them and saying things like, why do you squeeze me so hard? You could buy me dinner first. And, you know, there's just funny things in a Justin Rowland voice. So, yeah, yeah th- this seems fun. Okay. Um, this is news that I feel like not enough people are talking about. Riot Games <laughs> is coming to Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. Um, so when we say Riot Games, we're talking League of Legends. We're yeah. talking Valorant. We're mm-hmm. talking all of these games that they do. Team Fight Tactics. Yeah, team, and not only are these games coming to Xbox Game Pass, if you want Xbox Game Pass, you get all of the characters for these games. Right. The characters that, you know, people have been buying for years and years and years or earning in, yep. through in-game currency, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have Game Pass, like you don't necessarily, of course, have all of the cosmetic stuff, but right. you you have all of the content of the game. Yeah. And that was probably what was so hard about this deal and maybe what took it so long. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's nice to know that, you know, Microsoft and Riot are just getting in bed together. Yeah. And everyone hope it's, hopes it's consensual because, you know, Riot. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, right, yeah. Right, has some problems. Yeah, but um, no, no, honestly, this is good news. Um, I am still, I th- still think there should be a law against trying to get people to play League of Legends. There really should be um, at this point. Uh, but uh, they still have some of my favorite properties. Arcane is still a show that I'll probably rewatch, like, you know, three times before the end of the year. I yeah. love it. Well, and I mean, there's also a lot of uh, League of Legends games that are going to be coming out soon that may be coming to Game Pass as well. Oh, yeah. That are based around things like Arcane and, and Oh, that. that's right. They do have a whole series of like single uh, player games yeah no oh yeah yeah so i'm super on board this is yeah. another one of those games where i love the lore and the world and i just don't want to play the goddamn dota clone right you know like g- give me a different game and they're about to so i'm very happy yep uh did you do plague tale requiem hector you can speak to this one better than i can oh yeah plague tale innocence was a wonderful indie game came out a few years ago uh, it blows a, my mind that this is an indie game. Oh, if yeah. you look at it, you're like, Oh, yeah, if fuck? you look at it, like, this is not just, like... Like, it, it's AAA graphics in the same way that, like, um, if everyone remembers... Uh, well, I'm going to forget the name, but whatever. So it, the graphics are fantastic. They're practically photoreal. They're above and beyond what, what indie games do. I would put it somewhere between, a, like, a Mass Effect game and actual God of War, like, the 2018 version, the graphics are killer. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they are phenomenal. Um, as far as, like, realistic, you know, fully rendered models of humans go, they're very, very good. The voice acting is great, the gameplay is great, and the whole thing is modeled around a um, medieval countryside where a plague of rats is rolling through so heavy and so venomous that they're eating things like a pool of acid. Mm-hmm. Like basically rats run over things the way water does and eats all the flesh off of everything. And it's fucking horrible. And you do your best to live through it while carrying around your little brother who um, may actually be the key to the plague, you know, mm-hmm. and you get all of that from the very first part of the first game. Um, and it's wonderful and it, it, it's, it's a really great experience. It's a weekend game. You can beat it in probably under 10 hours. No problem. Uh, yeah. And it was one of my favorites when it came out and you can still get it on game pass, mm-hmm. um, for just the cost of having game pass. But, uh, yes, we have part two coming out, mm-hmm. uh, another Plague Tale game. It looks even better than the original. Um, it looks a little bit more hardcore in that like sequel way where they were children and now they're a little bit more grown up now sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for it. I'm going to play it day one. Nice. Uh, let's see here. Just some quick fire stuff. They showed, uh, Forza Motorsport. Um, yeah, for people it, who like Forza. It was cool. They cool. showed off some really cool things like, um, like the way that like paint will flake off the car. Like that's kind of cool. That's a physics thing that like is a small detail. I wouldn't really necessarily give oh, a yeah. shit about, but here's the thing is when they show off stuff like this, my own, my brain always goes to, but what else can we do with this? Yeah. So they're taking this much time making, like showing how we paint flakes off of a car in Forza. I'm like, but what if you did that to a Mac? Uh-huh. Right. That's yeah. where my the, well, why, why aren't we like we could use this this technology right. and we could do something fun with it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um uh, they showed off more of Microsoft Flight Simulator. That was pretty cool. It's yeah. always, so where's we were talking about this. You by the way, just so our audience knows, Hector made an amazing breakfast mm. and invited me over for for brunch and we had bloody marys and we watched this whole thing. Hell yeah. And we were even talking about it as it was happening. Forts is always that spot in the Microsoft press conference where I'm like, well, I'm going to get up, go to the bathroom, go have a cigarette, kind of tune out. But Microsoft Flight Simulator, even though I don't play it, isn't that for me. Because it it's just so fascinating to see how far this game has come. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. You know, and so they showed off all these cool planes that you can fly in it now. The biggest one probably being that the Pelican from Halo is in it now. Yeah, like, I don't understand, like... 
they they had to like model that thing to react with the world in real time. Did they yeah. just design a, a a jet thrusted pelican right. like in real life or something? That's Fuck. that's crazy. Uh, I guess what we do need to talk about though is that for whatever reason, uh, that may be billions of dollars, seventy billion dollars. We saw a lot of Blizzard stuff. We saw so much Blizzard stuff. First thing that we saw, Overwatch 2. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, Overwatch 2. We got, they got to announce when the new beta was coming out. Yep. They got to be the first to showcase the new character. Yep. Uh, Tiger uh, Queen. Yeah. 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 And uh, another, another, you know, Mad Max-themed Australian. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, and they got to say, you know, they got to show off some new cosmetic things that are coming to Overwatch 2. Yep. So, yeah, that's a big win for Microsoft. And it was obviously a big, hey, y'all, Overwatch 2 is coming to consoles right fucking now. Oh, like, absolutely. before the game's, like, before Overwatch 2 is released, mm-hmm. y'all are going to get in the beta. So, yep. buckle up. And I love that. Good job, Blizzard. And, yeah, they actually did say the next beta that will be at the end of the month will be console as well. Yep. Which you can sign up for the beta right now. Oh, let's see. What else did we have here? Our History Untold. Um, it's another real-time strategy game, much in the vein of things like Civilization. Uh, I could speak to this one because I play a shitload mm-hmm. of Civilization. It was basically like Civ, except for in Civ, the way that you that Civilization progresses and the way that technology looks within the game is always handled um, very, quote-unquote, realistically. I mean, there are giant death robots in the game, but let's ignore that. Yeah. But I mean, like, if you're playing the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire is going to look a certain way up until the weird future stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so this game, uh, History Untold, seems to really want to mix and match history. So oh, okay. it wants, it wants so to, like maybe have some like Romans fight some Japanese or something. Like, yeah, it'll be it'll be very very different in that sense. It won't it won't adhere itself to the civilization style timeline. Okay, where you have to progress a certain way or do certain things, you can kind of deviate from the path, which I'm kind of down with. Yeah, that, that sounds fun. That's a, a different mix for the genre. Um, they showed off, of course, for Bethesda, they had more stuff for Elder Scrolls Online, more stuff for Fallout 76. We expect I that, I can't right? believe people still play either of those games. Like, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, Elder Scrolls Online is a big deal. I, I, and for, for the people who still love MMOs, God bless you. Um, I know there are still some good ones. I didn't know Elder Scrolls was one, but yeah, I mean, fucking go for it. Fallout mm-hmm. 76 is an, is an embarrassment, and everyone who still plays should be embarrassed. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to call you guys out this way, but... There are so many better games. I don't understand what you're doing. I, I, I feel you. You feel like like I don't know. Like I, I, it's hard not to get political with these analyses. <laughs> you feel like someone voting against your own best interest is how I see you. Stop playing Fallout seventy six. It's possible they could turn it back around. It's entirely possible we could be sitting here five years from now and talking about the next Fallout seventy six expansion and be excited for it. Uh, it's possible. I know No Man's Sky exists. Yeah. I know Final Fantasy fourteen exists, uh-huh. but those two games were made by companies who gave a shit. <laughs> is all I'm saying. We we will see. We'll see. Only time will tell. We'll see. Only time will tell. Uh, let's see here. They showed off the Forza Horizon Five uh, Hot Wheels DLC. Okay, so the Hot Wheels game is a really fun, really cute little um, racer, like a kart racer, like Mario Kart, mm-hmm. with. Inspired by Hot Wheels with a bunch of really awesome, really beautifully rendered, ray traced little Hot Wheels m- m- fucking cars. Yeah. 
and giant tracks with loop-de-loops and, and, you know, impossibly, like, downhill gradient, you know, ramps and slopes, mm. all built in this tiny little kid's room or, like, outside in the yard or, mm. like, in the driveway. It, it feels like if you could get inside the... if As a kid, if you played with Micro Machines or Hot Wheels and you built these tracks and you ran them down them, it's like what it would feel like to be in one of those cars. Mm. That's the game. And because of how beautifully rendered all these little vehicles are, they were able to put good cars from Forza in on mm. these tracks and let them just be micro, be, yeah. be Hot Wheels. I, I don't mean to keep besmirching your name, Hot Wheels, mm. and be Hot Wheels. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's just Forza DLC where you get to build Hot Wheels tracks. It looks yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I really can't speak to the game Ark, but apparently it's getting a sequel called yeah. Ark Two. Yeah, Ark's a survival game. They're getting a second, a part two of a. Arc survival and it, it stars Vin Diesel, a a a poorly de-aged Vin Diesel. Yeah. Um I don't Run, riding dinosaurs. Yeah, I mean look, if I if, if Vin Diesel made a movie where he rode dinosaurs to protect his family, I'd fucking watch that shit. I would not play a survival game about it. I just I just wanna let I just want everyone to know that. <laughs> Let's talk about something that I want to talk about. Yeah. Let's talk about Scorn. Scorn is a game that I've talked about a couple times on the show. We've seen trailers for it over the course of like three years. It's been a while. Um, it is a shooter that is not a shooter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll try and explain the way the dev does. Basically, what they wanted to do was create a game that looked like you were inside of a uh, Geiger, uh, Geiger painting. Yep. And... There is guns, but it's all like this bio organic technology. It's gross. It's think of the original alien. Like, yeah. I mean, this like is, one of the first things you do in the trailer is literally pull out your own umbilical cord and like carry on about your day. And it's pretty, it's yeah. Giger esque for sure. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that Dev says, they said, look, look, they're shooting in it but we don't consider ourselves a shooter. We are more of a puzzle game that has shooting elements to okay. it. Yeah. And that's awesome. I would, I would hope that most of the emphasis would be on the environments, right? Yeah. And not, not that you can't have both. There are lots of games that achieve both. It's just a little bit more difficult. I would like this game to be a little bit more of a walking tour. Yeah. And you can make walking tours, very action packed. Look at God of war, which I mentioned again for the, for a second time tonight, mm-hmm. you can make really beautiful games that you can interact with realistically. As long yeah. as, you know, if you're not shooting all the time, I'm sure a lot of the environments in doom eternal are absolutely drop dead gorgeous. I, I was shooting at things. I didn't see. Right. Yeah. You weren't paying attention yeah. to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have? Oh, Flintlock siege of dawn. This was kind of a sleeper. Yeah. Um, it looks it's third person God of War esque. Okay, so so let me give you the history of the studio. This is the studio that brought you Ashen. Ashen, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm sure a lot of people don't, was one of the very first Souls lights to hit the Steam marketplace. Okay. And the way that it could be described is kind of like Baby's first Souls game. It really took and streamlined a lot of the um more esoteric um aspects of a Souls game and basically told you what it wanted from you, mm. what you were doing, and then just kind of let you be free to do Souls-like stuff. It was okay. very cool. It was easy to get into. I watched a lot of streamers who don't play Souls games really enjoy it. Um, and the ones who did liked it even more because they felt at home. Right. Um, 
So yeah, uh, I, I expect this to be good. These guys do know how to make a game, and um, honestly, though the whole flint the whole flintlock thing looked great. Yeah, super excited about that one. Uh, Minecraft Legends. It's a Minecraft strategy spinoff. Cool. I mean, you're, sure. You, yeah. pay, you paid a lot for that that license, so you might as well be doing some stuff with it, right? Yeah, I mean, Minecraft. I, I, I've never played a game of it, but a lot yeah. of people have, and I'm sure it's great. Uh, one of the ones I'm excited for is Lightyear Frontier. Uh, uh, it's, it's a farming simulator, but it's like a farming simulator with mechs. I love that. Yeah, we need more of that. Yeah. So that's a, just absolutely my kind of shit. Seems like it'll be super chill, a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so like, it's that it, there, there's that one episode in the first season of uh, Love, Death, and Robots that's like a bunch of people farming like cows yeah. in their robot mechs on a planet with yep, I aliens. That I, that's all I, I want that, that game. That's what this is. That's the game that I want. Yeah. That's all this is. One of the games I'm excited about is The Last Case of Benedict Fox. So, this is a. How do I describe it? 2.5D. It's a game about a detective and him going into the depths of like a family estate. Basically, any Lovecraft story you could picture, oh, this, this is one. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I remember this one. I was gonna. I was going to say, like, if I'm if I'm supposed to be Lovecraft in this game, that's a bit of a. It's a bit of a non-starter. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I no. but I, I'd still play the game. Like, it looks awesome. Yeah, you, it looks like you're a detective who's going into like his family estate and uncovering all like the really messed up stuff. Except for like in unlike most Lovecraft things where you seem where typically humans go insane from experiences. Right, your character seems to be like talking to them and actually like yeah not going insane, which is even got it creepier. So the detective's trying to figure out what's going on. He's trying to figure out his family's legacy. Very Lovecraft inspired. Like this thing just shits Lovecraft everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that. that, that Again, before the end of the trailer, I thought you were literally playing as fucking Lovecraft. Like I was like, oh, is this, did someone insert Lovecraft into one of his own books? Because that's adorable. Right. So yeah, super excited about that one. Uh, As Dusk Falls. So As Dusk Falls is really fascinating because when they were showing As Dusk Falls, and we may have talked about it a little bit last week, um, this is a game that is. Uh, very telltale esque. Um, it's very your decisions matter, uh, but the decisions actually mattering. Unlike telltale games, um, one of the most fascinating things about this game actually mm-hmm. was that I didn't realize until we watched like a behind the scenes thing about it that so it all looks like still images. When you look at it, you're like, oh, it's a very pretty art style, but yeah. those are still images that are animated. And then you watch the behind the scenes and realize everything that you're seeing on screen they actually filmed. They just chose, they chose to use this particular kind of art style to it. And yeah, it's about this, uh, it's about this one, this family who shows up in the middle of back back alley nowhere, has to stay there for the night because like a tire's blown or something like that. And then another family have fallen on hard times. They come in, they rob the place. You make a bunch of decisions that happen there early on. And then it kind of cuts to like late, like 30 years later or something like that. And it's like the repercussions of what happened that night. And you have to learn like how these characters all got really fucked up from this incident that happened. Um, I'm all about this. Yeah, no, this sounds awesome. This sounds like a great game to play as a group, like in a living room. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a really good one. Yeah. Uh, Naraka Blade Point. Naraka Blade Point actually already exists in the world. It's a oh, PC yeah. game. It's, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's, it's coming a, to Xbox. It's a, it's a fighting game. It's, it's a battle royale with yep. ninjas. That's what it is. Um... Pentiment, Obsidian Entertainment, the people who brought us things like Fallout fucking New Vegas, 
have given us a game called Pentiment. And this is hard to describe because the entire it's it's it, it it's an adventure game in the style of like Monkey Island. Right. But the art style is done through medieval manuscript art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like um like any of the in-betweeners in a Monty Python and the Holy Grail sketch um, that all look yes. like they were drawn in like, you know, mid- on medieval canvas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, the art style is incredibly charming. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I'll play it just for mm-hmm. that aspect alone. The fact that a game developer took so much time to try and recreate the this manuscript look. Yeah. For the game. And then some of it that while you're playing it straight up looks like you're reading it out of a book. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's fascinating. Pentiment is definitely one that is worthy of you going to YouTube and looking at the trailer for it. Yep. Just because the art style is so fucking unique that you just like go, how did they do that? Yeah. Yeah. It, it genuinely like looking at it, it, it doesn't feel like normal coding. And this is as someone who hasn't, like I, I had a class in high school where I made a video game in C plus plus, right? So right. I don't know how any of this shit works yeah. at all. But what I do know about putting pixels on screens makes what they did look really difficult. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, Grounded is finally going to be leaving its uh, Xbox Game Preview. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, if you if you haven't seen anything about Grounded, they've been showing it for a couple of years. It's it's four-player Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yep, it's um, a survival game with a bit of a narrative to it, and, yeah. you know, you need to get out of the yeah. yard. Yeah, it, it is the game that actually has the turn the spiders off mode. Oh, yes. So, uh, yeah, the, the arachnophobia uh, a toggle. Yeah. yeah, so if you're actually scared of spiders, um, you can turn it off. Or you, can turn, you can turn spiders off. They It turns them into something else. I forget what it is, but it makes it look goofy and not scary. Yeah, and, and have um, way fewer legs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, the, yeah, Grounded is actually going to finish its narrative and be fully coming out, so yep. that'll be exciting. Uh, I guess, what should we talk about next? Mm. Diablo 4? Yeah, yeah, we have a lot to say about Diablo 4. So, it says that it's coming out in the next 12 months, theoretically. Um, okay, so let's talk I, about... So, so, yeah, if it's out by, by summer of, of 2023, I will honestly be incredibly surprised. But let's talk about... They need it. Before we talk about Diablo 4, <laughs> Okay, I want to talk about... What happened on the couch between the two of us? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As, as this trailer hit. Yeah. So we start off and we see a necromancer, yep. which obviously a Diablo necromancer as the trailer starts, just walking towards like a group of like dead people and like raising up some skeletons. And we're like, fuck, this is for Diablo Immortal, isn't it? And we both got up from the couch and walked into the kitchen and started like talking to yeah. We were completely turned off by the entire experience and we're like, we'll wait till this is over when they start showing the Diablo Immortal footage. Right. And it was only because that that we both love Necromancer as a class yeah. that we just kind of kept one eye on the screen and realized maybe like 20 seconds into the trailer that it wasn't for Diablo Immortal, mm. that it was for Diablo 4 and that we were going to see some Diablo 4. And suddenly... And I would say even a little cautiously, we decided that it was okay to enjoy the time we were having. Right. That that kind of says a lot about the state of, well, Diablo 4 and Blizzard and everything. But, mm-hmm. like, we, we both noticed that as it was happening. When it was Diablo Immortal, we were like, nah, fuck it. Who cares? Fuck Blizzard. And when it was Diablo 4, it was like, all right, well, let me look. Yep. 
I should be way more excited about Diablo four is what I'm Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. I should be super excited. I should have been it. You know, I always like to have at least one, like throw my pillow across the room moment. Yeah. Whenever I watch these things and they're just, and like, that should have been it for me. That should yeah. have been it. Like, that, that should have been the, Oh fuck, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it, because I saw that trailer and it's because I had just played Diablo Immortal and because the character model for the Necromancer in Diablo Immortal looks so much like the one that we saw in Diablo uh, 4, that's what made me go, it's fucking Diablo Immortal, let's not worry about it. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what it was. Yep. And so, yeah, thanks Blizzard for ruining that experience for me. Yeah, the, the presence of Diablo Immortal is suffocating the life out of the hype for Diablo 4. Yeah. And Blizzard, don't you have... The ability to turn off servers. Right. <laughs> like, what can I say? Yeah. Uh, you know, one of those things, uh, much like Forza, we can always expect kind of an announcement about the game Sea of Thieves if you've never played it. It's oh, yeah. A, it's a pirate game. It's very goofy, very yeah. fun. I think like three three to five players like pirating yeah. your own pirate ship. They did a big musical number for this one for yeah, season Yeah, they, they did seven. a whole sea shanty. They yeah. did their own sea shanty. And you know what? It was pretty delightful and yeah. it was catchy. Yeah. And there was a whole thing about pride, which was awesome. Yeah. And oh, about true. how everyone's oh, yeah. welcome. Oh, yeah. that's true. They did that. I now I remember that. Yeah, that was so adorable. Yeah, no. And and you know what? It, it genuinely is. If you have a group of friends who are at all nautically inclined, you'll love playing this with them. And even if they're not, it's not hard to learn to sail. And there's, there's plenty of stuff to do these days. I played it for half a minute about... Um, a year ago when it wasn't nearly as feature complete as it is now. And it was still a really good time. So yeah, yeah I, I, you know, if you're in for like a fun pirate game that you can just throw on with your friends, this is a good one. Yeah. And it's just like, it's on, on game, game pass. pass. Yeah. It's just, just sitting on, on game, game pass, pass waiting for you. Uh, let's see here. There was a game shown called cocoon. That's going to be coming in 2023. It's from Annapurna interactive. Oh yeah. So the people that are working behind this to give you an idea of what this game is, if you've ever played limbo or inside, this is their next chapter for those games. Yeah. So I did play limbo long. The limbo goes alongside super meat boy and world of goo in the absolute grandfathers of the indie game movement. Yeah. Like they are elders. Mm -hmm. um, wonderful game. Limbo. Inside is still a game I could play right now and have a lot of fun with. Um, that game is a side-scrolling puzzle game where, like, your advancement is based off of how you behave as kind of a tour through this world that you're in. And it gets fucking dark and, like... Like, true, like, body horror Cronenberg-style dark. Like, all over the place. And the game is genuinely really cool while it's doing it. Um... I didn't think it was going to go where it was and it did and it was awesome. And yeah, uh, that game affected me, still affects me to this day. And I can still have debates with people about what the game actually means. Mm -hmm. um, th th that's how cool that's this game That's the kind of games was. they make, though. Even Limbo, yeah. there's a lot of debate about like what is really going on in the world of Limbo. Yep, absolutely. So I can't, I can't wait for the next one because mm -hmm. it looks awesome. Yeah. Let's talk Persona. Yeah, we got a, some Persona news. This, whether you like Persona or not, this was a huge fucking announcement. Straight up, Microsoft came out and said, first up, so, so for those of you who don't know, Persona 4 Golden has been on Steam for a while. So Persona 4 has been ported to PC in some capacity. But Persona 5 has only been on the PlayStation uh, 4 and 5. Persona 5 Royal has only been on the PlayStation and PlayStation 5, which is the better version of the game. Just, they fixed everything with Royal. Mm -hmm. um, it was basically a PlayStation exclusive. Microsoft rolled out and said, by the way, y'all, 
we got fucking Persona 5. Yeah. Can I just say real quick, as a Persona fan, Mm -hmm. somebody who loves and has poured all of like 400 hours into Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal, and then played the really weird spinoff game for like 100 hours. Yeah. The main thing in the battle song when you start it, the actual lyrics are, you'll never see it coming. Why they didn't use that is <laughs> yeah. really baffling to me. Yeah, they, as they, a fan, I'm just like they really should have. Like your the opportunity was right there. You really should have just played yeah. the song. This was just as unexpected <laughs> as the riot announcement. Like I did not expect like Persona and Microsoft to like have a little love right. fest. But- See, and, and the thing is, I've had my little theory for years mm-hmm. that Microsoft is secretly courting Sega because Sega owns Atlas. Yeah, and and that's why I've been buying Sega stocks, y'all. Don't do not follow my stock advice, but nope. I've been buying Sega stocks. So I think Microsoft's going to try and buy them someday. Mm-hmm. And um, this announcement was one of those. My, my little animal brain went, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yep. go. Yep, yep, they're yep. going there. We're going to do it. <laughs> um, so Persona 5 finally getting a release outside of the PlayStation. Fucking huge. Yeah. And it's, it's on PC. It's yeah. on Game Pass. Both yeah. huge announcements. Yeah. But then on top of this, aside from them saying, yeah, Persona 4 is coming as well. But it's been on Steam. Yeah, it's cool. been on Steam for a while. The Golden Edition. Cool. It's great. The next big announcement was that Persona 3 Portable is going to be coming to Game Pass. Yep. And Persona 3 Portable has been available like on the PlayStation Store. It was on the PSP Store, obviously. It is an older, rough around the edges Persona, but it is still considered by many to be a classic. Mm -hmm. And this is a game that not a lot of people have had access to, much like Crisis Core. Yeah. It was a PlayStation Portable game, and it just really didn't get releases outside of these areas. So I'm excited for my friends to finally get to play Persona 5 Royal. It's on Game Pass. You better fucking play Persona 5 Royal, y'all. Yeah. Just fucking play it. It's so good. I'll give you all the advice. I'll tell you who the waifus are. I will give you all those <laughs> things. It is fucking amazing. You will waste 100 hours and you will love it. And you'll go back and replay it again. And you'll be like, thank you for convincing me to play this game where I play a high school student who summons demons. And I had to learn the fucking Japanese subway system. <laughs> and I had to learn the Japanese subway system, which is arguably the hardest part of the game. Um, so... Yeah, Persona 5 Royal, great, but Persona 3 Portable getting a big release is a big win, not only for Persona fans, but just in general for game preservation, and I'm really excited, because I've never played this one myself, and everybody's, and there's been multiple versions, by the way, of Persona 3, much like Persona 4 Golden, Persona 4 Golden was the fixed version, yep. much like Royal is for 5, this is what they do in the series, they come they come out with it. It's out for about a year or two, and they go, yeah, there's some stuff that we really wanted to put in. Like, for Persona 5, there's a whole extra fucking chapter that is, like, that fundamentally changes your vision of what the game means. Awesome. Um, And Royal is the definitive version. I'm just, I'm going to throw down on that. Um, But Persona 3 Portable was basically that. Um, And me never having had the opportunity to play that game back in the day... I'm super excited about this. And you're telling me it's Game Pass Day 1? Yeah. Put that shit in my veins. Yep. Yep. I'm in. Super in. Next up is a very brief mention, but weird. (laughs) Um, Hideo Kojima, creator of all the Metal Gears, PT, Death Stranding, the games that we love. Yeah. um, Came out. And everybody, like, we, we were staring at the screen going, holy shit, Kojima is... is he would normally come out during Summer Game Fest during Jeff yeah. Keighley's big announcement because they're BFFs. Yeah, exactly. Right after getting out of Jeff's hot tub. Right. Know? Yeah. And, and Hideo Kojima comes out and he goes, hi, Xbox people. My name is Hideo Kojima. 
I'm working on a game for Xbox. Bye. Yep. And that and, was the whole thing. And then just deuces out. Yep. And so this has been a rumor for a long time, not like a leak, but a rumor. Um, and and, and the, pro, the thing was, is it's a really old rumor because the idea was, and he did repeat this, is that he's making a game... The uh, the game he's always wanted to make as a Metal Gear fan, I took that very personally. <laughs> but the, the game he's always wanted to make, utilizing Microsoft's cloud technology. Yeah. Now remember, this is a promise a lot of people were making back when the Xbox One was released, mm -hmm. and nothing, not a lot of games made that promise, and absolutely nothing of fruition came from it. Yeah. Um, but obviously Kojima never made his game. So I, I, hopefully I can't even imagine what he'll be doing or using this for, but uh, neat. I mean, I'm excited. And if it comes out on Game Pass, I, as long as I don't have to buy an Xbox for it, yeah. I'm in. I'm 100% in. Here's the thing, though. Within seconds of this announcement happening, the internet shit itself. And oh, yeah. It was only a very specific part of the internet. There, there's this part of the internet that believes that Hideo Kojima should only make games for PlayStation because yeah, other, for, for, for because, reasons. Because other people shouldn't be able to have your fun with you, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. And so a literally change.org petition went up of like... <laughs> cancel the cancel game. Cancel the game. Like that's going to stop anything. <laughs> like you know that Microsoft drove up to Kojima with like a dump truck full of money, dumped it onto his front lawn and said, please make a game for us. And he said, sure, absolutely. That's a dump truck full of fucking money. Yeah. And uh, no, please also like drive up to his house with your like 3000 signature online right. petition. Yeah. Let's just, <laughs> yeah. Let, maybe let the artist who has been restricted. This is Kojima is an artist who has been for a very long time restricted in his craft because he worked for a company that suppressed his vision and the things that he wanted to make. And he was forced to basically make the same game over and over again. No offense to Metal Gear. No, 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 I but he was forced to make that game over and over again. He yep. was never allowed to explore what he wanted to do creatively. Think about being creatively like fucking stifled. Yeah. Stifled for 30 years. Yeah. And, and now then you made in media, you end up making shit like MGS five. Right. <laughs> you but, know, but then you get to make death stranding after that. Yeah. Like, I want to know what he's making next. I don't give a fuck what it comes out to next. Yep. I don't care if it's on an Xbox. I don't care if it's on my toaster. Yeah. I hope it's on my toaster. Yeah, fact. that'd probably be neat. That probably be a cool neat. ass game. Right. Like I just want the Kojima toaster game. So please put that in my fucking veins. Yeah. So fanboys, please calm the fuck down. That's all I'm trying to say. Oh here. yeah, and and it's and it's like the the old relic of like Sony console war fanboys. It like is. I can't even it imagine is. there were three thousand of them. Like honestly. Who thinks this way anymore? Right. Like, guys, like, it's over. The console wards are, are over. They're we over. all won. Yeah. Everyone won. Yeah. You, you, you take it elsewhere. Yeah. Go go uh, argue over, get really into books and argue over publishing houses. That there way you I go. Never, I never have to think about you ever again. <laughs> I, I wanna, I'm want i going to side with the Penguin House people because I just like the Penguins. I love Penguins. So I would side with them. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Uh, let's see here. Okay, we only have one more thing to talk about. Well, no, no, no. Before we do start, oh. before we do our last game. Okay, sure. I have one I have to mention. Sure. Because I freaked out a little bit when I saw it, and we we'd spent a lot of the day talking about how different the indie game showcases have been from the big showcases. Yes. Yes. And we saw a trailer for a game last weekend called Skate Story. That really just settled right into my uh, skin yes. and my veins. Skate story. This is a flow state game with an absolutely incredible soundtrack. This is part of the Devolver. Yeah, yeah. Conference. This is one of the Devolver ones. Yeah. Um, absolutely incredible soundtrack. 
um, where uh, you are skateboarding and you are a demon made of glass on a mission to eat the moon. And um, yeah. And, if all, you, and all you can feel is pain. All you can feel is pain. And if you fall off your skateboard, you shatter because you're made of glass. Yeah. And so the idea is to flow through the music while doing tricks on your skateboard in really surreal urban-esque environments on yeah. your trip to the moon. It looks incredible. Um, the graphic style grabbed me immediately. The aesthetic was gorgeous. That like Everything about it was entirely my shit. Mm-hmm. And I just had to mention it before we were Everything done. the Devolver show was amazing. Go watch the Devolver watch show. Watch the Devolver show, yeah. We don't, I don't want to even spoil any of those games for you. Just yeah. w- w- t- take the 28 minutes and watch but, the Devolver show. But, be a better but Angry Foot is going to be your shit, though. Yeah, yeah, Angry Foot. A- Angry Foot is, like, the most amazing indie title. Yeah, and, and Metal Hell Singer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they wrapped everything up with Starfield. What we expected them to wrap everything up with Starfield is the yep. next big game from Bethesda. It is yeah. their Skyrim in space. Yep. Um, it's their space rim. It's their space rim. So, what'd you think? Um, what can I say? I'm gonna try and be really fair. Okay. I don't want to, and 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 this is just it, me trying to be enlightened, trying to realize that people can change, and that maybe Fallout 76 will be great one day. Yes. It won't. Um, but. I don't want to start off this game by shitting on it. Okay. So let me tell you what I saw. Do it. I saw a really cool and interesting looking space sim. Most of it based on some of the promises we got from No Man's Sky. Nothing Mm. nothing that was actually promised in No Man's Sky because we have things like whole towns Mm. um, and whole planets to explore. Yep. We have a, you know, a not, not a space sim, but a, you know, an adventure RPG where you can design and build your own ship and recruit your own crew and design your own bases on different planets and you have a thousand planets to explore. This sounds amazing. This sounds yeah. like everything I could want. My yeah. biggest problem with it is that it's being made by the people who made fucking Fallout 4. Right. And I hate those games. <laughs> I hate Fallout 3. I'm sorry. I didn't play 76, the best one, because I those games left such a bad taste in my mouth that mm-hmm. I just couldn't like any games made by that studio anymore. Any games made in that engine anymore. I was just done. This is that the, being this, said, this is the new version of the engine. This is the, the game does look better than the old game. Mm-hmm. The the systems do look interesting. The combat looks fucking bad, but it doesn't look awful it just it looks middling it's very mid-tier it looks like another bethesda game if it as long as the premise of the game isn't to be a shooter then that part is fine sure um what can i say besides i want it to be good i I really want it to be good good. and and while deep in my heart i'm very pessimistic about it being good i am trying to keep hope alive here yeah i just todd just for fucking once just do me right on this one right i'm reserving a tiny bit of hype for you Mm-hmm. I'm literally setting aside one of my fucks and it's for you. Mm-hmm. I have one fuck to give for this game. Please, please over the course of and from now until you release the game, give me reasons to add fucks to this pile. Cause otherwise I'm just not going to give a fuck. I, I was worried when they were just like, we're going to have like a thousand planets in it. And I'm like, Oh no. Right. Like, Cause uh, you, it, it feels like early, early no man's sky. early no man's sky. Where it's just like, this isn't good. Just be more isn't always better. Right. Yeah. And, you I know, want it to, I really do want it to be good. I want it to be good very badly. Um, 
And you know what I think it's going to be? Look, look what we have. Okay, so so let me get real for a second. What we have is a game with mid-tier shooting, interesting-looking base and ship creation, mm-hmm. and large worlds to explore. This game, whether it's good or not, and, uh, and, and forgive me, it's going to come down to the writing. Yeah. It's 100% going to come down to the writing. Mm-hmm. Which is not the strong suit of this company. Right. I hope they do well. Where's your sense of urgency? Yeah, well, well, where's, any, where's any sense of story cohesion at mm-hmm. all? Like, I got more story cohesion out of fucking Assassin's Creed games. Right. So, I really want this one to be better. I really yeah. want them to do well. And honestly, you're getting a ton of points just for setting it in space. That's going to make me think the writing is at least a little better than it actually is. Sure. So, you don't have a lot to make up for. Yeah. I really want this to be good. Just mm-hmm. please just you want to be you want to be able to take your your head cannon shepherd from Mass Effect and put it into a yeah. Bethesda game and play it. Yeah, I just want like an awesome space world to explore where I, I don't fall through my ship if I step in the wrong part <laughs> during the wrong animation where I don't just punch through mobs and, you know, where when I talk to one, I don't lock eyes with them from a thousand yards away as their face gets I bigger really and bigger and bigger that. and bigger in the that screen. Is one thing about their, their system that I wish they would stop. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I have more faith in this than I've had in a Bethesda game, but a, a, a Todd Howard creation engine Bethesda mm-hmm. game for a long time. Yeah. And that's literally just hope. I, 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 I'm fucking sitting here on a cloud made of hope. And I just hope the cloud doesn't realize how heavy I am. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you've said everything that I could say about this game. I mean, I honestly have a lot of hope for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I don't want to shit all over it before it comes out. Um, there's this thing that I do where um, oftentimes when like early trailers or usually this happens in like magazines where early pictures of like superhero costumes get leaked before the movie comes out mm-hmm. and everybody shits all over it. Yeah. And I'm like, wait for the final product. Yeah. If you're going to say something bad, wait for the final product. Yeah. And, I mean, and it's a Bethesda game. I like it's going to launch in the state that it launches in. I just right. hope that it is. Look, you're hoping that it doesn't launch in a Bethesda state. Yeah, after after day one of launch day, it's all fair game. I will shit on that game. If you go back, if any of you don't remember it, go back to the episode we did on Fallout 76 and listen to my voice. Listen to my anger. Listen, I rant about Fallout 76 for about 20 fucking minutes. You know that fucking, you know that fucking subscription pass still exists, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still mad about that. But, um... I, I just want this to be good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, when it launches, if if it's not buggy, I will eat a whole hat and I will sit down and I'll play the game. Yeah. But you know, if it launches the way all the other Bethesda games have launched for the last since Fallout Three, uh, you know, I'm. What can I say? All right. Final thoughts about the Microsoft Bethesda Xbox conference, and probably going to have even more words in it next year. Yeah, they, they gave me a lot to be excited about. Yeah. What can I say? There, there was a lot of uh, good stuff shown. We got a little bit of Diablo Four, which I loved. Yep. We got an Overwatch Three reveal, which is huge for the two of us. Yep. Um, and they showed off a lot of great games. And you know what I appreciate is that vampire games. Well, yes, vampire games for sure. What I appreciate about this showcase is, rightfully so, after last year's, mm-hmm. the um, director of Microsoft was upset that most of the trailers were CG and for games that weren't coming out for several years. Yep. So when they did this showcase, he insisted that we have gameplay yep. and that we have games that will be released in the next 12 months. And that's what they showed us. And they still showed us a lot of great shit. Yeah. 
I would be totally down with making that the rule. Right. Like, like that is the rule from now on. Yeah. If you're going to like, like journalism, like, like, like games, journalism, this is the rule. If you're going to show me a trailer, I need gameplay and I need to know it's coming out in 12 months or else stop it. Yeah. Imagine what would happen if when like Iron Man three came out, we were watching trailers for infinity war. Yeah. Like three years out, people would be confused and probably wouldn't be very hyped for it by the time it came out. Because I mean, God damn, we didn't even know what movies were coming in between. Right. Like, like, come on. Yeah. The but analogy falls agree. apart, but you know what I'm saying? It takes like 12 months is long enough. Yeah. Don't show me for, don't show me shit from beyond that. I completely agree. I loved everything about the show. I think that them, and, and the thing is, I, some of these games might get pushed back, but that's fine. We know that they're all, all close enough to being done. Yeah. That if they get pushed back by a couple months or whatever. No, it's okay. Give, give developers their space. Yeah. All right, that is everything that we have for the show this week. Don't forget that you can head over to patreon.com slash gnggcast to become a patron of our show. You can head over to facebook.com slash gnggcast. Is he stealing my mic? God yes. damn it. <laughs> and the cat has stolen the microphone again. Sorry, my, my cat. He's very slowly stealing the <laughs> microphone because he, he knows we can't chase him. my headset microphone when it's detached from the headset. <laughs> and I don't understand why he's obsessed with it. Because he knows we'll go get him. <laughs> and like he just, he'll jump on the desk, grab the microphone, and then just slowly walk off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, Salem, what are you doing? <laughs> He, he wants to be on the show. Apparently he does. All right. That is everything that we have for the show this week. Don't forget that you head over to facebook.com slash gnggcast to talk to us on there. Patreon.com slash gnggcast to become a patron of our show. Um, Twitter or at gnggcast on Twitter to talk to me directly. And special thanks to all of our patrons who have been supporting the show. We really do appreciate you. There is going to be a time of recording um, another episode up on Patreon and we're going to have another one shortly up after that about the expanse. So we're going to be getting more Patreon content as we, as we go. Salem's just walked back into the room, by the way, and he doesn't have the microphone. He just fucked off and put it somewhere. Yep. That is everything that we have for the show. Thank you for tuning in with us. What a weird show this was. I hope you had as much fun as we did until next time for Hector. This is James and for James. This has been Hector. Everyone. Good night and good game. Good game.